How's everybody doing today? It is Noah Eldridge from the Eldridge Podcast for episode two. Today, we are going to start off with reviewing my college football playoff predictions. This this is not good. I did not do well. <laughs> so we have uh, Alabama versus Notre Dame. I was very nervous about it. I just didn't want Alabama to blow out Notre Dame, and that is exactly what happened. Um, the final score, 31 to 14. Uh Notre Dame was just outmatched. Um, Devontae Smith is just a, he's a five-star best receiver in college football and Notre Dame had no one who could guard him. Um, I feel like Notre Dame is a very good team and they are the top of that second tier, but they are not in that first tier of teams. When you talk about Alabama, Clemson, Ohio state teams like that, um, they're just they have a bunch of four star corners, right? And they probably have a bunch of great DBs and cornerbacks, but not anything of Alabama's caliber of receivers. Uh and they're just not that fast. I think Notre Dame Notre Dame needs more speed. Um But final score thirty one to fourteen. Notre Dame was just completely outmatched. Um does it surprise me? Not really. I know I predicted them to win, but you gotta pick your team, you know what I mean? You can't ever go against your team. Um so that was it. That was the final score. Um not proud of the way they played, but I mean, it's Alabama. There's nothing you can do. You know what I mean? It's just, it's a tough situation. Anyway, on to the next game, Ohio State versus Clemson. I was completely wrong on this one. I really thought Clemson was just going to manhandle them and uh, win pretty good, honestly. Maybe there would be a garbage time touchdown to where maybe Clemson was up uh, two touchdowns or three touchdowns and Ohio State gets a touchdown to make the score look better type of thing. Ohio State just dominated, 49-28. to 28. Um, That might be the worst I've ever seen Clemson's defense play in like four years, five years. That might be the worst I've ever seen their defense play. Look, Ohio State's great, um, but it like Clemson is just – their defense – some people say they have the best defense in football, and both, both Notre Dame and Clemson's defense look horrible yesterday. Think about it. Clemson gave up 49 points, and Notre Dame gave up 31 points. Like, Clemson's defense just did not look good at all. Um, It's just, it's not, it was not good to see. It was not, and unfortunately, neither game was very exciting or, you know, watchable. Uh, I I watched both games, but just not very enjoyable. It wasn't a close, competitive playoff game that you want to see. So, that is a little sad for college football and the fans. No one likes to see that. I mean, if you're an Alabama or an Ohio State fan, good for you and you got that. But we got to talk about the big elephant in the room. Dabo Sweeney had some quotes that he said pregame, and they're all coming back to bite him. One of them was, that'll be a quick study for us because there's only six games. That was the quote. Um, I think that really got to Clemson. I think Clemson was a little overconfident. Maybe maybe a lot. Um, and you got Trevor Lawrence. He's going to be the number one pick. Dabo Sweeney is one of the best coaches in football, college football. It's it's tough. Um, it's just all of these quotes are coming back to bite him right now. He also uh, said wasn't a quote, but he ranked Ohio State 11th in the country and said they don't they don't deserve to be in the top four. I rank them 11th, and. I can't remember if it was a player or a coach. Don't quote me on that. But someone from Ohio State said, does that make you 12? So that was that was good to see, you know. I mean, if you're going to if you're gonna talk crap like that, you got to be able to either back it up or take crap back when you're wrong. Uh, 
So that was, that was tough. Uh, I, I was really shocked yesterday. I mean, did the Alabama-Notre Dame thing shock me as a Notre Dame fan? Not really. I mean, it's still sad to see. It still makes me mad. I'm still angry that they lost. But the Ohio State-Clemson game, I was like, maybe Ohio State wins. Maybe. I give them a slight shot. but And it would have to be in a close game. And they just took off. I mean, Justin Fields is the real deal. I don't think he's better than Lawrence, but he's the real deal. So I think, I think that's going to do it for college football, but uh, the predictions were not very good, and I take fault for that, and I apologize. That was very bad by me. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you guys can rewatch the games, but Alabama, just a way better football team than Notre Dame. Totally manhandled them. Um, the, the only thing that is really interesting about this is – if you look at the stats, it's almost identical, almost even between Notre Dame and Alabama. And you're like, how did Notre Dame lose 31 to 14? And it's turnovers, 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 turnovers. Uh, Notre Dame, it's just, and then Book got hurt. It was just really tough. Um, but offensive line and defensive line, both sides in the trenches, like Notre Dame was hanging with them, which really shocked me. I thought Alabama was going to manhandle us. I know we're known to have one of the greatest offensive lines in football and a good defensive line. Our defense is great this year. It's probably one of our best defenses, and it's just Alabama's another level. So I will give my prediction for Alabama-Ohio State right now, and then we will move to the next segment. I am going to go – I got to pick a score. I, I think Alabama's going to win easily. I'm going to go – God, these, these are some high-scoring games. I'm going to go 42 – 42 to – 42-25 Alabama. I hate Alabama and Ohio State. I think I'm going for Alabama because I don't think Ohio State deserves to be here. And I really think, this is just my opinion. Yes, I was cheering for Clemson, so I'm a little biased. But I really think that the six games was a disadvantage to Clemson. At first, I was like, oh, Ohio State doesn't have the experience. But they're still Ohio State. You know what I mean? And it's not like they had some freshman rookie quarterback. No, they had Justin Fields, who was just the real deal. Um, he, he's really great. So think about it. Clemson had six games on Ohio state and not even really any big games. The biggest game was Northwestern. Who, who's a good program. I mean, I'm not hating on them, but they're not, it's not a big game where they can really like analyze it. Uh, but, and then Ohio State had 12 games or 11 games on Clemson, which is th- almost double. Like, that's that's pretty much double, and that's just a huge difference. I think that played a huge part in this game, but I could be wrong. You know, maybe Ohio State was just the better team, so who knows. But pretty mad that Notre Dame and Clemson lost because those are the two I was cheering for and predicted to win, whether I was truthful about it or not. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to go Alabama over Ohio State, so yeah. All right. On to the next segment here. I So this is crazy to hear about. The Saints are in a huge predicament here. They have a crazy running back situation at the moment. Uh, Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray, Michael Burton, and Dwayne Washington all will not play this Sunday. (laughs) And it's for COVID reasons, obviously. Um... I mean, I think you guys all know that, but the, this could be huge. I mean, this could cause the Saints the number one seed, which is pretty big. I mean, they they want to win. I think they could still win this football game. 
Uh, oh, and anyway, if anyone's wondering, they will be starting Ty Montgomery, if you're like, who the heck is that? He was a running back for the Packers and a kick returner there for a little bit. I think he also played for the Ravens, and now he plays for the Saints. He They just brought him up from the practice squad, though. I mean, he was pretty good. I really don't know what happened to him. I thought he was playing pretty good for the Packers. He kind of came in when Eddie Lacy started to go away and started gaining weight and just couldn't play football anymore. He came in and was actually very good for them. And then they drafted Aaron Jones, and things changed, but... I like Tom Montgomery. I mean, is he better than Kamara? No, but I really like Tom Montgomery. Um, I think he'll be able to get the job done for them. I think I'm still going to take the Saints over the Panthers. That doesn't change my prediction at all. But pretty crazy that I can't – I don't quote me on this. I'm not for sure who was the one who got COVID. I believe it was Alvin Kamara. I don't know for sure, though. I'm pretty sure Alvin Kamara got COVID-19 and – since they were, you know, they have the little wristbands that track where you are. And obviously the running backs are always together. The same thing happened in Denver with the Broncos. I mean, the quarterbacks are always hanging out together. So obviously they're going to be exposed to it. So none of them may even have COVID, but they were all exposed to it. So that's the problem. It's just, it's really tough. It's just a tough year for, uh, for football. It's just, it's really tough. So I feel bad for the Saints. I really do like the Saints. So I think they'll get through it. The Panthers are an okay football team. I mean, if McCaffrey plays, it makes things kind of interesting. But the Saints have been able to win some games without Drew Brees. So I think they can get by without Kamara. And Ty Montgomery, I actually think, is good. I could be totally wrong. I mean, he's not going to rush for 100 yards, but he's doable. And the Saints like running the ball. So I think they'll be good. I mean, man, they could throw in Taysom Hill at running back. I'm shocked they're not doing that. They might do that. Um, Yeah, that would be crazy. But, yeah, that was – just a crazy situation. We'll have to see how that plays out with the Saints. But uh, now we're switching gears to college football. Texas today fired their head coach, Tom Sherman. Or Tom Herman, excuse me. Tom Herman. Uh, he was the replacement uh, for, oh my gosh, I can't remember the guy's name. One of the greatest coaches uh, in college football, coach for Texas. Um, now he's with North Carolina. And uh, I guess Texas... Wants to be, I mean, who doesn't want to be in contention, right? But Texas wants to, like, they really think they're top tier. Like, they were saying some people were picking them to win it all this year or go to the top four, and I just wasn't that high on them. Um, and I guess I was right. They were just not great. But he had a uh, career record at Texas as the head coach, 32-18, and 18, which isn't bad. Um, but he had no Big 12 championships, so that was the problem. Texas is just... You know, they're, they kind of remind me of the uh, Dallas Cowboys a little bit. I mean, they're obviously both in Texas, but and I'm a Cowboys fan. But they think they're better than they are every single year. Texas is a good football program. They're good, really good. But are they top four? No. Uh, Sam Ellinger is a good quarterback. He's good, but he's he's not, once again, he's not Mac Jones. He's not Kyle Trask. He's not... Justin Fields, he's not Trevor Lawrence, he's none of those guys, but he's a good college football quarterback. Actually a great one, just not top five, you know what I mean? And I feel like Texas kind of thought, oh, we have top five quarterback, we got a great coach, and we have this, and we have that, and it's like, no, you're not, and that's okay, but like, I mean, 32 and 18 isn't bad, I think he'll go get a job somewhere, but um, they, but right after they did this, they hired, let me see. Oh, Steve Sarkeesian. I could be pronouncing that wrong. 
but I'm sorry, Steve Sarkeesian, I believe is how it's pronounced. He's the offensive coordinator for Alabama. So this could cause some trouble in the national championship game. I believe he will still be uh, making the calls. Uh, and this will just be his last game with Alabama. I mean, Alabama's just so good. I don't think that's going to cause too much trouble for Ohio State. But who knows? I mean, don't trust me. On my last two picks, I was way off. So, But we will see. Uh, so, yeah, I'm... It's it's tough to tell with these teams. I mean, it happens with the Patriots. It happens with Alabama. They have great coordinators, and they go somewhere and don't do anything. But he does have a lot of experience. Uh, Sarkeesian coached at Washington. He was a head coach from 2009 to 2013. He was also the head coach of Southern California from 2014 to 2015, so only a year. Uh, his head coaching record is 46 and 35. So, I mean, not terrible. Um but he's been Alabama's offensive coordinator for the past two seasons, and he was actually the Falcons, uh, the Atlanta Falcons in the NFL, their offensive coordinator from 2017 to 2018. So only a year, but that, believe it or not, was the year they went to the Super Bowl and gave up that huge lead to the Patriots. And then I don't know if he got fired or left, but... That's pretty crazy. He was a part of that huge run. That was a great Falcons team. I mean, Matt Ryan won MVP. I think Julio had a great year. That was a great team. Uh, Devontae Freeman was on that team. That was a great team. I mean, they made it to the Super Bowl. But, yeah, they went 11-5. and five. Like, that was a great team. And they beat the Seahawks and the Packers in the playoffs and then unfortunately lost to the Patriots, which that is one of the most crazy Super Bowls that I don't think anyone will ever forget. It was just... Crazy to watch, crazy to see, just freaking Tom Brady, man. <laughs> we, I, I'm not a fan, not a fan, but I respect him. Um, on to the next thing, going back to the, staying with college football here, going to the Ohio State-Clemson game. James, I'm going to mess it up, James Skalski, I believe is how it's pronounced. He's a player for the uh, for Clemson. He was ejected. Uh, yesterday for targeting. It was a targeting call on Justin Fields. Um, you guys should know what targeting is, but if you don't, it's when a player leans with their helmet or hits the other player in the helmet and you go helmet to helmet, which isn't allowed. Um, in like NFL, it's just a penalty and they usually don't kick you out, usually, but sometimes they will. In college football, if they call targeting, you're automatically eliminated, no questions asked. Asked. Uh, you're just eliminated from the game. You're ejected. So uh, he, I mean, you guys got to look this up. Look up a video, look up a picture. He tackles him. I mean, it is a grade A textbook tackle. He he tackles him, he wraps up, and his helmet is not even close to Justin Fields' helmet. Uh, it's like at his waist. It's it's crazy that they called this a targeting call. Um, it, it quite... I have some questions for the refs and some words for them. I mean, look, if James Skalski plays, does Clemson win this game? No. But, or I'm, I'm, I mean, never say never, but probably not. Um, I, I just think, I don't think they would win. One player, even if he's amazing, would not make that big of an impact to where you could come back. I mean, it's 49 to 28. So maybe if they have him, is it whatever, 42, 28? Or even 42-35? Like, is he worth two touchdowns? Is he even worth one? I don't know. But 
Uh, it, just a horrible call. One of the worst calls I've ever seen. Look, you can say I'm biased because I like Clemson and I don't like Ohio State. Look at the video. Look at a picture. I would be shocked if you disagree with me. And if you do, give me your thoughts. Talk to me. Um, because I would really like to hear what you guys have to say if you disagree with that. Um, but yeah, I just want to... I. I just want to apologize, or not apologize, but I just feel so bad for Dabo Sweeney. Um, it, that is just such a tough, with the quotes, and I mean, he got what he deserved, you know? That, I mean, he asked for it, so it's, it's just, it's so tough. I feel so bad, but I really think the six games played into it for Ohio State, and you never know, maybe Ohio State's not as tired. I mean, they haven't played that many games, and they haven't played super high competition. That's why I kind of thought they would lose, but maybe it's turned from a disadvantage to an advantage. So really, really interesting. But right before I started this podcast, switching gears to the NFL, right before I started this podcast, uh, this episode today, the Jets fired Adam Gase. You do not know who Adam Gase is. He's the head coach of the Jets. He might be the worst head coach I've ever seen or heard of. He is awful, <laughs> like so bad. Uh, I mean, I mean, you should know that without even knowing him. The Jets are just so bad. And look, I get it. Sometimes you inherit a terrible team, but th- this is just another level. It's almost like he's made him worse. He coached the Miami Dolphins and made Ryan Tannehill look like a total bust. Ryan Tannehill goes to the Tennessee Titans for nothing, I think, like a six-round pick, I don't know for sure, maybe a fourth-round pick, almost nothing, and he's great, and he gets this big old deal, and the Titans might make the playoffs this year. It's crazy what this guy does. He made uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick look worse. If Just look up his stats. He makes every player on his team look worse, and it's honestly scary. His his career record as a head coach is 30-45. and 45. Not even close to 500. That That is awful. Not good at all. <laughs> he, he is just terrible. Um, I think it was a good move for the Jets to fire him. But I do have one question for the New York Jets. Why now? Why in right before week 17, you're playing the Patriots? Why now? Um, I mean, I think they were going to fire Greg Williams, their defensive coordinator, and Adam Gase after this year. I mean, if they didn't, they'd be crazy. But why now? Why in the middle of the season? It just doesn't make sense to me. Why not let them play out their contract the rest of the year? I mean, unless they don't have to pay them the rest of that, but you might as well just let them uh, coach. But the Jets are just an absolute mess. And I really do feel bad for Sam Darnold because I really like Sam Darnold. He is, I think he's a good quarterback and I think he can be a starting quarterback in this league. I think he just has to get with a good coach. I mean, Drew Brees is going to be gone soon. Tom Brady's going to be gone soon. Uh, the Patriots, maybe they get rid of Cam. Like those are three good franchises, organizations with good coaches who would need a quarterback at that time. I think Breeze is gone after this year. Brady probably has two years left, and uh, I don't know if Cam is going to stay with the Patriots. I really don't know if that's a. Maybe he does. He said he wanted to be a part of that, uh, a part of the rebuild and the fix, but. I would take Darnold over Cam Newton right now. Is that crazy to say? I mean, look, you guys are like, oh, well, Sam Darnold sucks, and here's his career record. I don't care about that. He has one of the worst offensive lines in the league and one of the worst defenses in the league. I mean, 
just about a couple weeks ago, their defense finally, like, actually showed up to games and said, oh, yeah, we're going to, like, start playing now. Like, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. That's when they decided they're going to start playing. Or maybe against the Raiders. That's when it started. I don't know when, what week that was. But maybe that's when they decided, oh, we're just going to start playing now. Because their defense was awful. Uh, that was December 6th was when the Raiders and the Jets played. That's when their team finally started playing like a team. And, I mean, they still lost that game. They are just not a good team, not a good franchise. They need to clean house and figure something out because it is, it is not going well in New York. But uh, if you guys didn't know how Adam Gase got to this position, how he became a head coach, he was the uh, quarterback's coach for the Broncos uh, when Peyton Manning – and Marius Thomas and Julius Thomas went to the Super Bowl. And uh, they lost 1-1-1. They lost the Seahawks and beat the Panthers. He was their quarterback coach. So everyone was like, which I just don't know how you fall for this. They're like, oh my God, he's he's such a good coach. Like, he needs to be a head coach somewhere. He's young. He's up and coming. Like, all this stuff. And it's like, his quarterback's Peyton Manning who was, who knows how old he was at that point, but in his 30s, maybe 40s, like, it's not like he developed Peyton Manning. Like, what are you talking about? And everywhere this guy has gone, he has just been a cancer. I hate to say that. He has been awful at every organization or franchise he has been to. Awful. All right, for the last segment today, I am going to go through everyone's NBA award predictions. I called up some of my friends and asked them if they could do what I did yesterday, basically, NBA predictions, and I'll say their name and let you know what they picked. I can't explain their decisions, but I can tell you what they did. So my friend Julian, shout out Julian if you're listening to this, <laughs> he uh, picked Kevin Durant to win MVP, Kawhi Leonard to be the Defensive Player of the Year, Most Improved Player Jamal Murray, which sounds crazy right now, but if you look at his stats, he averaged 18 points last season, and he can really improve. Like, I think he could get to 20, 23, 24 points and maybe get some assists up, get his rebounds up a little bit. He could definitely win it because he could take a huge step. Just seeing what he had in the bubble, he was amazing. Uh, he picked Montrez Harrell to win six man of the year. Uh, he decided not to pick a coach for coach of the year. And finals MVP, he took Kyrie Irving. So, my review over this, pretty decent picks, honestly. I mean, I'm, I'm in no room. To, I'm not an expert, but I would say I was a little confused by picking KD to win MVP and Kyrie to win finals MVP. I guess he just thinks Kyrie's going to show up in the finals, which I mean, the dude has, but so is KD. So, I mean, I think the only thing I would really change with this list is maybe KD finals MVP, but I'm not saying Kyrie's a bad pick at all. Really good list here, uh, but no, co- no coach of the year for him. Uh, my next person is Noah. His name's also Noah, but so it's not me, but different Noah. He picked Anthony Davis to win MVP, Defensive Player of the Year Giannis, Most Improved Player DeAndre Ayton, Sixth Man of the Year Dennis Schroeder, Coach of the Year Frank Vogel, and Finals MVP Anthony Davis. So he did what I was just talking about with Julian's pick, was he went with Anthony Davis at MVP and Finals MVP Anthony Davis. I was a little shocked by this from uh, Noah because... He is a huge LeBron fan. He was a Cavs fan, and now he's a Lakers fan. He just loves LeBron. And I was shocked he did not take LeBron to win MVP or Finals MVP, for that matter. Uh, I was a little shocked by that. But 
Hey, I'm proud. Get away from LeBron, man. I'm proud. But uh, Defensive Player of the Year, Giannis. I mean, I think it's a great pick. He is a great, just amazing defensively. And I just think it's going to be hard to go back-to-back. But he is a great pick because he could – I mean, he went back-to-back finals at MVP – or he went back-to-back regular season MVPs. So he could totally do Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, DeAndre Ayton is an interesting one. I don't know what his stats looked like last year. But, I mean, now he has Chris Ball, Chris Paul, who's another guy who could get him the ball. You know what I mean? And he's just going to get a bunch of oops and more opportunities – to be a better player and now they actually have a big three they're gonna win some more games maybe he's gonna get some more tv time more uh ex- exposure that's the word i'm looking for more exposure so but let me look up uh his stats from last season because maybe maybe he'll improve let's see he had just a moment so he averaged 12 11 and 2. Wow, he averaged 11 rebounds. So, I mean, those points could definitely go up, and maybe the assists. It's an interesting one for sure. I'm not going to say it's a bad pick because I don't know. I just don't know the Suns that well. I don't know Aiton that well. I know he's a good starting center, but you never know. Maybe he pops off this year. So, we'll see. Uh, the only bad pick I would say is Dennis Schroeder because he is starting for the Lakers this season. So, I mean, unless Horton Tucker or Caruso or someone else starts popping off, and starts over Schroeder, which I highly doubt. I don't think he's got a shot at six man just because I think he's going to start most of the year. Coach of the year, Frank Vogel. I love that pick. That was my pick. And finals MVP, Anthony Davis. Solid pick. I mean, I have the Lakers winning the title. It's going to be between Davis and LeBron. No one else is even in contention. So good picks from Noah. On to the next one. This is Frankie. So he put MVP underrated Anthony Davis. So he put a little extra sauce with that one. He, uh, I mean... He's saying he's underrated. So, I mean, I, I respect it. Uh, defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert. I mean, it's a good pick. I just don't like Rudy Gobert, but good pick. Rookie of the year, Anthony Edwards. He's our first one out here. I mean, he's the number one pick, so it's not crazy to say he's going to be rookie of the year. And now with Towns out for a while, like this this is a nasty wrist injury. He hurt it last year. I, I, I don't think it's good. I hate to say that for Timberwolves fans, and I know Towns is going through a very rough time in his life. Uh, please pray for him like that is just so tough he lost I think six or seven family members to COVID-19 that's very sad Um, so maybe this gives Anthony Edwards uh, more opportunities and D'Angelo is not playing well right now my only thing is I just don't know if they're going to win a lot of games but I mean for that matter LaMelo and the Hornets aren't going to win a lot of games it doesn't seem like the Warriors are going to win a lot of games either way the rookies are not going to be on great teams so solid pick all right, this one is a crazy one. Here we go. Most improved, Taylor Horton Tucker. I He popped off in preseason. I'll give you that. I'm a Lakers fan, and I like him, and I hope he starts popping off. But I don't know if he's going to win most improved. Look, he might go from one point a game to six points a game, but I don't know if he's going to make that huge jump because you really have to make a big jump for most improved player. Because you can't just go from like no minutes and then, oh, when you get five minutes, it's not five times the minutes. It's They don't do it like that. I wish they awarded it like that, but they don't. So I don't know if Taylor Horton Tucker's got a shot. I mean, he's got a shot, but not a huge shot. Uh, Sixth man of the year. I thought this was a very good low-key pick. This is probably my favorite pick from all of my friends here. Uh, he took Danilo Gallinari from the Atlanta Hawks. He played for the Thunder last year. He's a good, solid scorer, good teammate. He's getting up there in age, 
but he's a solid shooter, good scorer, just one of those European guys who just shoots the lights out. He is, I'm pretty sure he's coming off the bench for the Hawks this year, and the Hawks are going to get a lot of exposure and more TV time just because I think they're going to be a much better team this year. They're already playing better. I think they're 3-1 and one or 4-1. and one. He is going to be a good, solid six-man, just going to come off the bench, give you energy, scoring, not a lot of defense, but... I think he's got a very good shot and a very good low-key pick from Frankie there. Coach of the year, Ty Lue. I'm going to disagree with this. I just I don't think the Clippers are going to be like number one seed for the West. I think they'll be two, three, four around there. Depends if they take the regular season seriously this time. I mean, that was their problem last year. They did not take it seriously. So that, that was their problem. But his last pick uh, was finals MVP Kevin Durant. So he has the Nets winning it. So, I mean, if you check, Frankie has the Nets winning it. Noah has the Lakers winning it. Julian has the Nets winning it, but with Kyrie, finals MVP. I have the Lakers with LeBron. And then here is the last one on the list. This was my dad. He did MVP Luka Doncic, or Luka Doncic. I don't know how to pronounce it, but Luka. Defensive Player of the Year, Anthony Davis. Rookie of the Year, James Wiseman. That's who I picked. I think he's a great pick. I think he's a lock, but we'll see. Sixth Man of the Year, Montrez Harrell. I hope so, because I'm a Lakers fan. I think he'll be able to do it. Most Improved Player, another great low-key pick, Gordon Hayward. He's going to get a bunch of shots, a bunch of opportunities, more than he did in Boston, and he could have a huge year for the Hornets as long as he can stay healthy. Coach of the Year, I love this pick, Steve Nash. I really don't like the Nets, but I like Steve Nash, so that would be awesome if you want it. Uh, he decided to do executive of the year, as did I. Uh, he also picked Rob Polinka from the Lakers. That would be awesome if he wins wins it. I think he deserves it. And finals MVP for my dad was Anthony Davis. So those are all the picks. Thank you guys so much for listening. This was a great show today. I'm going to try to drop an episode every day. We'll see how it goes. I'll keep you guys posted. But thank you so much for watching. Hope everyone has a great day. Thank you.